Northwest River Park Drive, KCMO. For more information on these and the many events that have been recently added, go to kkfi.org slash artskcgo. This is Maria Vasquez-Boyd, and you're listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Welcome to Artspeak Radio. Hey, this is Maria Vasquez-Boyd on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Thanks for joining us today here every Wednesday from noon to one, and uh, we're glad to have you aboard with us, listening online, kkfi.org, around the world. Uh, yeah, today we've got a great show. We've got a lineup of, of uh, artists, Juan Perez. Alexi Savro and Jeannie Beachwood uh, all on tap, so stick around. We'll be right back. So we've got Juan Perez on the line. He's calling in from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, the city that elected him mayor and uh, where he served for four years as mayor. So we're happy to have him online. Uh, I want to say that he is a painter. And, you know, thank goodness for Facebook, however you uh, see it. I met him through Facebook and just fell in love with his work. So good morning, Juan, or good afternoon, Juan. Thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon, Maria. Uh, thank you for inviting me to the Archbishop Radio, 90.1 FM. I appreciate that. Uh, and greetings to all from uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, all the way down to Missouri. Yeah. Hey, do you have any snow up there? Snow? No. No snow yet. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we've <laughs> Actually, the weather, the weather's been rather, rather freaky because by now we, we would have had a lot of snow piled up. Yeah, yeah. And then this January and February are the... Uh, coldest and the heaviest hit with snow and so far so good well thank goodness you don't have to worry about that because you're inside talking to me now Juan Perez is an artist who sets his own standards using light and shadow he paints as his brush and paint direct him Perez believes an artist uh, believes an artist at any level should paint with a mindset that the artist knows how to paint not knows how to how to paint not that the artist is learning how to paint. An artist's brush work and use of color should be deliberate and thoughtful. 
Having virtually no art education background, he is self-driven. As a young man, Perez liked to draw and even painted a few paintings. He took an art class in high school and an art class in junior college. Then in his 20s, he married, put art aside for 34 years, and worked hard to raise a family and completed his undergraduate and graduate education, earning a Bachelor of Arts degree and a law degree. Upon his retirement, now he wondered if he could still draw and paint. He started painting one day a week. Um, However, paintings were taking too long to complete. So two years ago, he decided to paint every day. And this is is one thing that, that brings you to Art Speak Radio is, you know, that everyone has a story about their artistic background, their career, their their inspiration, and their thoughts about being a painter and an artist. And with your work, Juan, you, as I, as I stated, you uh, have no education in, in art, but you enjoy painting. You started painting um, every day. How is that going for you, and, and what sort of joy uh, does it give you on a daily basis? Well, it's going quite well uh, right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, what would we do, my wife and I, when we retired, we decided to restore antique furniture because that's what we were doing. And that's when my thought came about that I wonder if I could still paint. And it turns out that I could. So now we, we do restoration in the morning. And starting about 1.30, 1, uh, 2 o'clock, I, I paint till 6 or till I get tired. And that's every single day. I don't, uh, I don't really think about it just i just do it mm-hmm. and it, it's not a burden to me it's not something i have to think about it's not something i have to think a lot about what subject i'm going to paint um, quite frankly i have no style either uh, I, I paint realistic for the most part but i'm also uh, i can paint impressionistic whimsical i have no style i do watercolors pastels charcoals oils acrylics anything i can put in my hand and i can see i pretty much go after it mm-hmm who are some of the artists that that you look to for inspiration or who are some of the artists that you you admire in terms of their style their representation their their ideas their just sort of their art oh i i've I've looked at a lot of art i I, we're members of museums and i i read a lot on on artists Uh, but the deceased ones it would be van gogh that would be one of my favorites Monet, Cezanne, Renoir, all those guys I just I just admire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rembrandt, for example, I, I've always liked the way he used light and, and dark and uh, the highlights and the middle tones. I've always liked how he did it. So if I go in any direction, it's probably in that direction a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I don't constrain myself to any particular style. And I obviously I'm influenced in some way or another. But uh, I don't really recognize that or think about it. I just paint whatever comes to mind any, at any given day. I like that. I, I think that's one thing that I find fascinating, that it, it's really rare. I think a lot of times when I talk to artists, it's like, oh, I've, I've got this and I've got that. And I'm thinking about this concept. And for you, it just feels very intuitive. It's like whatever the paintbrush sort of tells me to paint, that's what happens well, <laughs> that's what goes on canvas <laughs> true and, you know I'm, I'm kind of a, a goofy guy in that respect because <laughs> I, I see myself uh, not really as, a, as an artist i just mm-hmm. see myself as somebody that likes to grab a brush and grab some paint or whatever and, and start swiping it and uh 
do I give it some thought? Oh, obviously I do. And I, I like to tell myself that every every paintbrush has to be deliberate. You can't, you can't, it can't be fortuitous. You have mm-hmm. to, for you to apply that paint and to pick that particular color, then it has to be very deliberate. And I, and I, I adhere to that thought, to that philosophy, and that's how I paint. Oh, okay, okay. You know, if you would share with us your website so that if people uh, listening might want to check it out or, or uh, take a look as we're talking ab- about your work, because I, I, it's, it's really varied. Your work goes uh, from landscapes to people to portraitures to animals and just whatever sort of catches your eye. But if you would share with us your website. Uh, the website is www.juanperezart.com. And that, that, uh, right now we haven't really updated it, but it, it's still there so people can view it and, and, and navigate it and walk to the gallery. Yeah, I, I enjoyed visiting it uh, because, it, it, again, it gave me a range of the sort of work that, that you create. Um, I know that you pri- primarily paint in oil but prefer to paint people. Uh, you're driven by the challenge of creating a three-dimensional painting using a blank canvas and several layers of paint. Um, I want to quote you here. In art, satisfaction is not defined, and it can be very elusive. As elusive as satisfaction can be, an artist should keep striving for it. Um, I, I love that. Yeah, it, it's 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 one you know it's, it's one of those things. I for for me, it's, it's, when I, when I look at a blank canvas, I stretch my own frames, my own mm-hmm. canvases, and mm-hmm. I make my own frames. And, and to take that flat surface and create a three-dimensional form, for example, a portrait, and simply using paint, of course, and, uh, and then uh, taking advantage of light and dark, and then within your light, the middle tones and the highlights. Mm. And sometimes you see you have reflected light, too, so you got to work that in somehow. But I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm notorious for staring, and in particular at people, because <laughs> my, my, my wife always tells me, quit staring at people. But, but it's not that I'm looking at them. I'm looking at how the light hits them, how it hits their hair, how highlights bright, you know, they sparkle. So all of those are things that I look at. And as a kid, I, I used to read anatomy books, so I'm very, very familiar with all the muscles and the structures in the face and the body, so it comes easy for me. I love that. If you just tuned in to Art Speak Radio, I'm talking with Juan Perez, who is an artist. Um, he works in a studio in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and that's the city that elected him mayor and where he served for four years as mayor. And um, I'm so happy to have you on air with us uh, talking about your work. Um, again, no art education background, but self-driven as, as an artist. And you paint every day. So I hate the fact that I'm taking you away from your painting for today. <laughs> but how long does it take you to create work in your studio if you paint every day? Do you finish the work? How, how does your process well, run? Well, I, I, I usually work on one, two, three pieces at a time. Uh, to allow some of the oil paint to dry a little bit, so I don't I don't do wet on wet very much, so I, I let it dry to some extent. It's not completely dry, so I'm working on two or three different painters at the same time, uh, and that, that's how I do it. You know, um, I I love I love that that process because I I know just keeping yourself busy and active in your mind going. Um, it's amazing what you can create when you have so many um, canvases that you're sort of juggling, right? Right. 
You know, and the other thing I wanted to just point out is like, I've had people, and this is very important to me because I've, I've had people tell me, I don't like that painting. And, and, and when they tell me that, that's okay. You're yeah. not supposed to like everything. You're not supposed to like every piece of art you run into. And for me, it's it, if that created a reaction, even though yeah. it may be a negative, sound like a negative, that's a reaction. Art has already done its job. It's caused somebody to react positively or negatively. So to me, if somebody tells me I don't really like that, that's cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't doesn't bother me one bit at all. My art whether anybody likes it or not, is always going to have one admirer, me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty much it. Well, and, and a lot of times your wife. Pardon me? And, and many times your wife will like your work. Oh, oh, oh sure, sure. <laughs> she, she likes to watch me paint, too. My, yeah. my grandkids like to watch me paint. So it's, 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 really, I mean, it's really enjoyable. I, and as I said earlier, I don't think about it. I know I've mm. heard some other artists say, well, I'm not going to paint today or tomorrow. I really can't think about what to paint or... I need, I need to come up with an idea and a notion. I for think me, that's, that doesn't, for me, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work like that for me. And I don't know why, but it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I just paint. Well, and, and you mentioned something about if people not maybe or commenting about your work, maybe not liking this piece or that piece. But I, I happen to know personally that when I when I look at your page on Facebook and you've, you've posted something or a work in progress, there is a lot of comments about your work uh, mostly very, very positive. People like the way you paint, your style, and sort of the subject matter or whatever. And your approach is, is very, I feel, very laid back. Like, eh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and it's rare, I think, in the art world to 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 have those sort of uh, comments from, from the artist because a lot of times, um, you know, I... I Art is important, not not uh, not necessarily um, in the in the way we we talk about it. But art is important to have that conversation. And when you're so laid back about it, it's it's really kind of nice that you're letting us into your into your world and sharing with us that yes, art is important. But you know, life is life, and and you know, um, then, I just paint. There's, there's, there's always a philosophy behind it. Yeah. Every individual has a philosophy, and you know, I again, it, it's it's people uh, will run into art all the time, and and, and they, some they like, some they don't like. For yeah. me, that that's fine. So yeah, again, that's, that's how I feel. And it's not because I don't care what people think about mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't care what they say or how mm-hmm. they interpret it. It's just that they have every right to like or not like. Sure. That's fine with me. And I don't paint to please anyone. I paint to please me. And hopefully, and that's not out of disrespect, that's just out of a personal desire to paint. So if anybody likes it, that's cool. If not, it's okay, too. I don't <laughs> yeah. have no problem with that. <laughs> the other thing is, too, you know, with, with the amount of, of work that you've created over the over the years and on all that, is having an exhibition of your work important to you is it vital to you as as an artist uh, who creates work every day you know i've never really thought about that nobody's ever asked me either which mm. is okay but for me to start hauling paintings all over the place i don't think that i would want to do that <laughs> so i'm not very particular about about uh having my work exhibited or mm. viewed or people say oh i love it i love it you know and, and it's just 
doesn't do much for me. And mm-hmm. when somebody wants to buy something, they can come in my shop anytime and buy it. I had, a, I had an individual who came in here and bought three paintings. And as he was leaving, he said, you know, I really don't care much for your work, but my <laughs> wife does. So I have to buy them. <laughs> uh, thank you. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's okay. But I also want to say that that you do commissions by by people frequently, right? Oh, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Actually, several people and a lot of people have asked me to, to, to paint certain subjects, their pets or portraits and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I've done right now, I, I really don't keep track of it, but... My my son was telling me last time. I think you've done over five hundred paintings now, Dad. And I said, Oh, really? That's, I don't keep track. So wow! Just, just, wow! Just a painting. You know, the other thing I wanted to say that I think it's important uh, from an artist standpoint is that some, some people some people will, will will take that painting and 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 look at it and say, Well, will you take? Uh, let's say you want a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, will you take twenty? It's like why are we negotiating this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know that the twenty dollars would pay for the canvas and, and the work that goes into it. Yeah. But again, that's okay. It, it, it's a it's a market, and we have to understand that. And I try very hard, uh, and I'm I think I'm pretty good at it. Not getting upset about negative things or or, mm. or things like that when people want to willing deal with you. I I, I just let it go. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, I, I have you always had this sort of this sort of mentality. I mean, when I think about as as a mayor uh, of Sheboygan, Wisconsin, I mean, did you always have that kind of like meh, that laid back quality about just life in general, or is it is it more about your artwork that you had this sort of like meh, you know? Well, well politics is a totally different game. You know, sure, it's, it's, yeah. it's very brutal. Um, and, you know, there's, there's 10 people you please and there's 10 people you don't please. And you just yeah. hope the ones you don't please don't vote because they'll vote <laughs> you out. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, um, no, it, it's, I, I, I didn't have, I can honestly say I didn't, I didn't have that kind of mentality in politics because, mm-hmm. it, again, it was very brutal and you, you have to be on your toes. You have to look over your back and yeah. just a oh, different, yeah. different yeah. landscape, different environment. Here, it's very relaxed. I paint as I wish, I paint whatever I wish, uh, in any manner I wish. If I want to throw it away, I throw it away, and whatever. So, um, it's it's my my little my little domain. It, it, it's, there's, there's no I, I like to say that I have no walls. My room mm-hmm. has no walls. It's got no horizon. It's got no up. It's got no down. It's got no right. It's got no left. Yeah. It's just a room. And mm-hmm. so, anything's possible. You do as you please, and that's how I see myself. You know, Juan, before we go, we just have a few more minutes. I want to ask you about sort of, um, it, it's not off the subject, but I want to say that your family is is all uh, sort of involved in the arts, right? Oh, sure, sure. My, uh, my oldest son is a, a wonderful illustrator, uh, and my middle son paints, but not as much because he's always busy with work. My youngest son... Uh, decided he asked me one time you think i can paint like you did i said why not and you know what he surprised me i think he's better than me he did very well <laughs> he's excellent i have a grandson who does it mm-hmm. uh there's other people in, in the family that, that do art so it, it's kind of yeah it kind of runs in the family it kind of runs in the blood that, that's 
like it. I actually like that. Well, and, and even um, uh, different disciplines. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the dancing. Oh, my little aunt, my uh, my only granddaughter. She's she's already trying to dance. With, of course, she's mama all the time. But her her mother is a, a, a flamenco dancer and instructor. Her grandma is a flamenco dancer and instructor, and her great grandma is a flamenco dancer and instructor. So there's four generations right there, wow. and three of them are already professionals, and they, they teach, coach, and they dance, they perform. Uh, they're wonderful. Uh, the great grandmother, her husband was a flamenco guitarist, and that guy was amazing. He was just amazing, but he passed away several years ago. So yes, it's from both sides of the family now. She's got a lot of artistic art blood in her mm, mm. performance. You know, and, and I love that. I mean, the art is what makes us alive. Art is what gives us strength and balance and beauty. And, you know, uh, so much we, we gain from not only visual arts, performance arts, dance, and all that. So, um, you know, what, what a great legacy, right? Yes. Very, uh, it's, it's amazing. Very good. Do you have any last words you want to say to our audience before we uh, go on to the, to our well, next guest? No, no, not not necessarily. Other than I hope I didn't upset anybody with my comments because I'm <laughs> kind of a goofy guy, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully nobody takes it real serious and just let it brush off. Like I tell people, you know, when people they look at a painting and say, "I don't like that. That's too. It's got too much politics in it." And all that. I said, just a painting, relax. Just don't worry about it. Just a painting. Yeah, but you're gonna go show it to people. It's just a painting. As long as people can remember that, it's just a painting. It's not gonna impact you. I love that. Very good. Juan, go back and paint. I, I didn't mean to d disrupt your day, <laughs> but I just, I just. Well, Maria, really... thank you very much again uh, for bet. inviting me. Archpeak Radio, 98.1 FM, and I appreciate it, and good luck to the other guests that you have. I understand they're very talented people, too, so I wish them the best, too. Thank you so much. Hey, and whenever I'm in Sheboygan, it's been a while, uh, I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll look you up, and you can show me around your studio. How's that? By all means, looking forward to it. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks so Thank much, you. my friend. And we're going to be right back with Artspeak Radio after this. Support for KKFI brought to you by the Jewish Community Center of Greater Kansas City, presenting the Broadway musical Kinky Boots with 11 performances between January 28th and February 19th at the Lewis and Shirley White Theater. For more information, including tickets and showtimes, visit thejkc.org or call the box office at 913-327-8054. Hey KKFI listeners, this is Warren Williams, a.k.a. Dub. I want to share my collection of soulful music with you, so check out my show, Dub's Groove, Thursday mornings from 2 to 4 a.m. You'll hear old school R&B, funky jazz, and reggae too. Some you'll remember, some you may not. If being up at 2 a.m. is not your thing, go to kkfi.org and check out the archives under the on-air guide. Look for Dub's Groove under the show list and you'll find the two latest episodes. Check it out, you just might dig it. Hi, I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two, two takes in a movie currently playing in theaters or streaming. A Man Called Otto is a new film starring Tom Hanks and Mariana Trevino. These two actors deliver a rich human interest story about a grief-stricken man coping with the death of his wife. 
Susan, this sentimental comic drama is the second film adaptation of Frederick Bachman's best-selling novel, A Man Called Ove. The first film was the award-winning Swedish language version released in 2015. Going against his good guy image, Tom Hanks plays a judgmental curmudgeon facing bitter personal disappointment. There are occasional comic notes in this serious subject, especially when his unsuspecting neighbors keep interrupting him in the middle of his suicide attempts. Otto is a lonely widower forced into retirement who must decide what to do with himself and faces an unfamiliar challenge when this family of Mexican immigrants moves into the neighborhood. But there are many touching moments along the way. Mariana Trevino plays the neighbor who spearheads a loving force in his life. The only drawback to this film, perhaps, is the way every tear-jerking angle possible is played on the audience. Right. While it's utterly predictable, its heart is in the right place, and it mostly works despite the story's obvious emotional manipulations. But it's, I think, a film to see. I had hoped that with an actor as good as Tom Hanks, that this Americanized version would have worked better. A Man Called Otto is square, but sweet and inoffensive. The better original version is available on most VOD platforms. I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two. Hey, Maria, Va- Maria Vasquez Boyd here on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, we're happy to have you aboard. Also aboard, we have Alexi Savro online uh, with Zoom, and we're going to talk with him. He is a poet, journalist, and satirist uh, based out of Kansas City, Missouri, and upstate New York. He is the author of the critically acclaimed books Graffiti on the Window and Eat Me and Other Short Poems. He is a regular contributor to Casey Studio and The Pitch and is a special correspondent for the Kansas City Star. Hello, my friend. Welcome. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm not hearing you. Are you? Oh, let me do this. Maybe you're on that one. Are you on that one? Hello. Am I coming through? Okay. Yeah, there you are. I had you on there. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm just I, new I, to radio. Thank you. But uh, yeah, welcome, my friend. <laughs> thank you. I, you know, I went to grad school for sound design, and I haven't the uh-huh. slightest idea. Of <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a good you. idea. Kudos to you for figuring it out. Yeah. Well, you know, we just have some new equipment, but. I'm happy to have you online with us. So thank you for joining us today. What's happening in your world, Alexi? Oh, geez. Well, so I just had um, a book released from Spartan mm. Press, uh, The Ballad of Lady Vigilance, which is a collection of poetry and satire going back um, probably to about 2005. Mm-hmm. And it was compiled and published over the course of the last year. And also over the course of the last year, um, as I'm sure you're um, aware, has been the NEA Centerpieces for Social Justice exhibit at their iterations at the Interurban Art House, where they have different exhibits, you know, highlighting different areas of, um, you know, social justice and, and things that affect people's lives and um, in social, social and structural ways. And I have, um, I'm, I was a special project designation as a residency artist for the Art Heals um, iteration mm. of that exhibit, along with two other artists 
Um, and that exhibit opens, I believe, this weekend, and it runs through February. Um, and I believe, uh, yeah, I believe Wolf told me that he will be on the show soon. So if I say anything that is incorrect, he will <laughs> stop tweeting. <laughs> yeah, we love that. And and I want to mention to folks that Interurban Art House is located at 8001 Newton Street, Overland Park, uh, Kansas. So that it's really uh, not not too terribly far, but it's it's a great space, not only art space, studio spaces, but uh, this will have the work up through what February seventeenth. Oh, oh no, no wait, the, that's so the reception date. Yes, the reception. So actually, I believe it opens it opens this weekend. Okay, I think Saturday evening, and then it runs through i think the 24th or the 25th of february oh, okay okay um and i it should be i, I do want to uh take a moment to highlight um one of the uh uh centerpiece artists uh christina foltz it will be doing uh she directed she wrote and directed a play that will be on uh february 10th at uh 7 p.m i believe and then the residency artist i believe malik I'm going to butcher the last name. Uh, Malik Azriel uh, will be February 23rd, a, a musical performance. February 23rd, I think, at 7. Um, and my work there is um, a video art installation okay. piece, and that'll be that'll be up for the duration. And, and as you mentioned, and I just want to reiterate that the work was in part sponsored by an NEA grant and special project designation for the centerpieces for social justice iterations at the Interurban Art House involving Kansas City area artists in numerous disciplines from 2022 through 2023. Video installation, is this something, uh, a new way for you to work? Or have you always been working in in this and I've just now recognized, oh, look, he's doing video <laughs> installations. Uh, well, you know, it's, Maria, it's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, I, people that know me, you know, they, I think it's, it's very difficult to um, categorize and certainly pigeonhole anything that I sure. do. It's like, you know, sure. am I, am I a journalist? Am I a satirist? Am I a poet? Am I, uh, do I work in digital media? Am I, uh, uh, you know, some kind of consultant or philosopher? Am I, you know, so, you know, am I, you know, whatever, an author? So I, you know, I'm very fond of uh, melting away these. I, I don't see categorical distinctions between gotcha. um, between disciplines, you know, and so I, I embrace the kind of eclecticism um, that that would that would accompany that but generally speaking my work yeah i have always done have always been involved in some area of uh, uh, film and media digital media mm -hmm. and i do have some background in information technology formal academic background so it's a logical outgrowth and extension of that but it, it's something that i've been doing for quite a while actually as part of this exhibition will you be reading any from your your collection of work or is it again is it sort of little separation in terms of you know this piece and then your poetry uh well i'll be no i'll be doing i mean i believe there will be time for me to do a, a reading and I, okay. I will i don't you know it'll be interesting i don't know what would be uh, most on point mm. um from the new work for on theme for the art heels uh, motif but um the book will be for sale at um interurban 
Um, and you know, uh, it's also for sale on, you know, my website and Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all other online vendors and such. But uh, it's, you know, it so much of of my written work and my whole, you know, uh, 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 long-standing uh, initiatives, projects, endeavors, and and so on, are related in some form or another to this uh, central allusion to, um, you know, the restorative power of uh, finding beauty in, 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 in the ugly and, and, and a kind of peace in, in chaos. And I think that's very uh, apropos and, and apt uh, 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 a descriptor for not only my work but also I think my 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 fundamental outlook on life. Right? Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Art heals, and that again is going to be at the Interurban Art House. And um, I mentioned that. Let's see. I want to share their website, which is interurbanarthouse.org. Will they find out more information about your work or a statement of your your piece there? Oh yeah, they yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, and there are, I should mention, I mean, it's not just the three centerpiece artists. I mean, there's also they're going to be probably you know twenty to thirty other artists there. Oh sure. You know, some some established, some emerging, regional. You know, so uh, you'll see names you know, maybe name maybe names you you know you're not as familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, but I encourage people to come out to this exhibit. Um, and if they can make the reception, great. Otherwise, you know, come out whenever you can. Um, and also, there there are other um, uh, uh, social justice uh, centerpiece um, iterations going on, continuing throughout this year as they did last year. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I encourage people to check out the Interurban Art House, you know, um, and what they're up to uh, regularly because they do outstanding and, and phenomenal work and. Uh, artist lives and, and opportunities and, and in the community and in the Kansas City arts scene uh, at large. Yeah, you're, they're very, um, they, they offer a lot of opportunities for artists and people who want to get involved in the arts, either studio space, exhibitions and that sort of thing. Once this uh, this is over, the art heals and all, what do you have an, in, in store for us uh, next? Or is it still kind of a work in process in terms of where you're, what you're working on? Life is always a work in process. I love that, right? Yes. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm very much a big believer in the idea that uh, you know, life is life is very much a journey, and it's this it's, it's a continuous cycle of introspection and improvement, and and ideally self growth. And but to answer your question, right? I'm a master of tangents. I. <laughs> I, I, there will be a second book, um, near as I know, the last time I spoke with Spartan, um, called Blue Coffee, being released later this year, hmm, uh, okay. which was written, which was written in 2019, I believe. And I believe that book, out of all of my work, because my work can be kind of sometimes esoteric or, or philosophical. I mean, it's, it's not that it's entirely inaccessible. It's not. At least I don't think it is. I hope it's not. But this, this Blue Coffee would be probably my most stylistically um, accessible collection to date. And I think that's slated for, we're going to do something with that with Spartan uh, later this year. And I, I hope to make the rounds and do some kind of miniature, 
miniature book tour. You know, I want to get out and read. I like to perform, particularly my my, my satirical pieces. You know, I just yeah. there's a there's a great uh, a need I feel uh, in our in our culture in our in our world for for more laughter. You know, and uh, I. I I, I, I I revel in in the in, in in the absurd in the absurdity of of so much of you know it, it, it it's something that the healing power of not just you know human affection but also laughter is something that is not to be undervalued or underestimated or underappreciated at all. Absolutely, Alexia, if you would share with us any social media platforms that our listeners can find you at. Uh, well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> obviously, I mean, I'm I, I'm all over the place, um, you know. And I actually just got uh, kicked off of, suspended on one of my Instagram accounts. <laughs> I have Yay! Multiple, I, hurry for well, you! Yay! <laughs> well, you know, I, I, well, I, I it happens. <laughs> I, it, it happened. It happens. But it was probably for baiting the actual platform, like yeah. yes, and baiting like a Facebook, like a like something into Zuckerberg, right? Like I, I've done that before. Um, but, uh, yeah, at Alexi Savru is my main Instagram. Um, I have at Czech Poeta, which, uh, combines, you know, the Czechoslovak language and Latin, the Latin appellation, you know, Poeta, poet. And then I have, uh, you know, I, I don't use Facebook anymore. It might still be up, but I don't use it. Um, mm-hmm. and then Twitter, I don't really use, but it's OIM Alexi at OIM Alexi. I'm not really terribly big on social media. Yeah, it's just a tool. Yeah. I actually just, I just deleted a lot of it because I just found it was like the slot machine. It was just like mindlessly scrolling. It's like it's like taking away all the serotonin and energy from my brain and and no payout. Yeah, I, I get no that. Payout. Yeah, and now it's just now it's just advertisements. Yeah, well, we we can find you as a regular con- contributor to Casey Studio. One of my very very dearest friends. Elizabeth Kirsch is uh, with Casey Studio. We love her. And uh, also contributing uh, to the pitch and special correspondent for the Kansas City Star. We wish you the best, Alexi Severo. We love having you on the air. We haven't, uh, it's been a while, but uh, we'll get you back yeah. in person soon. Yes? That sounds great. I uh, I didn't have a ride today, as I know, and it's, oh, uh, as you know, and it's... Uh, it's a little messy, yeah, out, but... It's I, I know, I know, and I didn't have money for a cab, so that's the thing. Like, you know, if you want to, if people want me on the air, they have to I have to have money for a cab. So, you know, there's 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 the there's the uh, plugging for the book. You the know. GoFundMe is now at. No, I'm uh, just kidding. Th- thank well, you, Maria. <laughs> pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Love seeing you, my friend. Hey, we're going to be right back with Art Speak Radio after this. Support for KKFI by the Midwest Trust Center at Johnson County Community College. The Midwest Trust Center at Johnson County Community College, formerly the Carlson Center, has been a venue for the performing arts and arts education since 1990 and, in support of KKFI, offers a full list of events and can accept donations at jccc.edu forward slash Midwest Trust Center.
Hi, this is Daryl Oliver, volunteer coordinator at KKFI. Our phone drive will be starting soon, and we need volunteers for our phone bank. You can participate remotely or by coming into the station. All phone bank volunteers must be comfortable talking to donors on the phone and entering pledges on the computer. In addition, remote phone bank volunteers will need a reliable internet connection and a computer with a microphone and speakers. Sign up for a shift today at kkfi.org slash phone bank or contact me at 816-994-7864. Hey, we're back. This is Art Speak Radio on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. I am Maria Vasquez Boyd, and the next voice you hear it will be very familiar to you. Jeannie Beachwood is with the Martin City Melodrama.org, and we're happy to have you in studio live. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it, my new friend. Oh, I tell you what, but I've been your friend oh, probably since 1985 when... Martin City Melodrama first arrived. Started October 2nd, yeah. 1985. Golly. And you've had over 600 local Kansas City actors and directors and productions. I mean, that's wild. It does seem a little wild. If I think about it or admit it, then I have to admit how old I am. <laughs> oh, you were just a kid. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that, that uh, I, I want to say to you was that I'm so glad that you've been doing this for so many years because you brought so much joy to so many families with these productions. They're just wonderful and family-friendly. I think I, met, sh- I shared with you a story about my daughter who was maybe five at the time. We went to see a production, and you were out in Martin City at the time. And even to this day, she still remembers and talks about it. Mom, that is yes. so sweet of you to say that. That well, means so much to me. I think it's the power of the performance, power of the art, and that how it can move and change people, right? Well, yes, and I think sometimes people underestimate the other, your other guest was talking about how important laughter is. Yeah. And, and that is my message. It's always been my message for families. Well, that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm ching. <laughs> is to be able to make somebody laugh yeah. at any age yeah. with a root beer, you know, yeah. or a sarsaparilla yeah. is very sarsaparilla. difficult. And I, yeah. I, I, I am proud of that. And that is my message. If I can make you forget your troubles, used to be two hours, but now everyone's attention span is so much shorter, including my own. If I can make somebody laugh for an hour, hour and a half, then I've done my job. Well, and I think with laughter, it diffuses a lot of tension. It diffuses, you know, a, a lot of heightened sort of anxiety and that sort of thing. I think that's what I've learned from listening to or reading about celebrities who are comedians that they diffuse their bullies' anger and, and angst against them through humor. Exactly, exactly. And to be able, you know, when I started working with the actors with unique abilities, special needs, and the rescue dogs in 2014, the connection to be able to be laughed with instead of at is so important completely agree. We want to talk today about how Martin City is on the road partnering with Inglewood Arts. Now, Martin City is looking for cast members for upcoming spring performances. Let's talk about that. I, I Wizard of Paws. Wizard of Paws. Now, that is a show I did before I found my forever home with a building in uh, Grandview, just uh, a few minutes uh, east of Martin City where I started. But uh, Michael Baxley, who's the head of Inglewood Arts, happened to be in, what's the name, Maria, of that restaurant down the street? Good Lord. Thank you. Yeah. And I happened to be, uh, I was taking a lunch there that day, and Michael walks past, and 
recognizes me and I'm like no one ever recognizes me <laughs> and he said you want to come down and look at the building this was in October of last year and it really was like my you know furendipity moment at where he <laughs> said would you like to do some theater programming here and I'm like oh my gosh yes it was just a dream come true and so uh we are doing classes that actually start this Saturday, improv classes called Off the Top of Your Head that will start this Saturday, the 21st from 11 to 12. And the first class is free. Yay. So if people want to come and check it out and see how they like it. And we can say that because you're not for profit, but yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, that, that's yeah. fine. Um, would, would we find more information about that on your website? On Inglewood Arts. Oh, okay. And, and okay. then uh, The Wizard of Paws is a production that we did have auditions for last weekend, but we're still looking for people. Mm. And that is a retelling of The Wizard of Oz with uh, really anybody who wants to be involved, both artists or theatrical performances, volunteers, backstage help, uh, retelling using rescue dogs, unique abilities. Uh, and uh, it's an original musical. So it's not like we have taken the music from The Wizard of Oz, uh -huh. but rather we have a, a local composer who's written new songs for us and retelling the story. I love that it features the Martin City Miller drama Senior Rescue Dog Troop. I mean, how lovely is that? Well, the thing that has turned me on about dogs, as well as performers with unique abilities after working with so many peers for so many years, mm -hmm. it's, it's just such a mutual feeling, Maria, of gratitude, you know, and not fearful. It's like, yeah. okay, you want me to put on a a hat that is shaped like a Dairy Queen cone. All right, no problem. Where do I stand? <laughs> Whether it's the dog or the uniquely mm -hmm. abled actor, mm -hmm. they just have no fear of that. But a lot of times if you ask a peer to do that, it's like, well, what's my motivation? What does that mean? What color is the ice cream cone hat? You know, it's like, oh my goodness gracious, just go with the flow. And the dog just says, where's my treat? That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, during COVID, yeah. which shut us down, particularly our little tiny theater for oh, two yeah. years, yeah. I could tell the dogs really missed the attention because my dogs don't do tricks. The tricks that the senior rescue dogs do is they sit still while the actors sing and dance around them with a costume on, or they hang out backstage mm -hmm. for a milk bone how oh much better gosh. does it get than that for a producer, you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. If you just tuned in, this is Artspeak Radio. I'm Maria Vasquez-Boyd. I'm talking with Jeannie Beachwood, who I, I know people are so familiar with you through the years. Since 1985, Martin City Melodrama was formed and had so many just wonderful performances and actors and directors and all that. But we're talking about The Wizard of Paws, which is a senior a production of Martin City Melodrama Senior Rescue Dog Troop. What what do you look for in, in the dogs to perform? As you mentioned, they just kind of sit back. But, I, I, I mean, certainly you want a dog that is custom to be around others. Yeah, well, the, the deal is not all the rescue dogs are performers. A okay. lot of them add their own dialogue by barking, <laughs> so they're understudies. They're not in the show. But the basic premise is Dorothy, and I'm not saying this is autobiographical. Dorothy <laughs> has too many dogs on the farm. And so uh, the dog catcher, uh, which is Mrs. Gulch, uh, comes in and says, Dorothy, you got to get rid of a lot of these dogs. And in the first scene, the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow are represented by living dogs in identical costumes to the actors that are 
humans oh after the tornado dressed in identical costumes so that then I do need dialogue and singing and dancing. Wow. And so the dogs are represented. Anyway, not giving anything away. It all turns out good. And at the end, Dorothy comes back to Kansas and opens the first ASPCA mm-hmm. dog shelter in the state <laughs> of Kansas and can have as many dogs as she wants. I love that. I love that. Now, as you mentioned, these are rescue dogs. Are they available to be adopted? Well, uh, I foster for numerous organizations here in town, so those would be, and then some of them belong to the theater. And then, Maria, we had a lady come in and bring her dog. She got mixed up. She thought the dogs were supposed to audition, not the people. And he's cast. His name is Bentley. Oh, my god! And he is an 11-year-old beagle, and he can actually do tricks or different tricks than my dogs. He can high-five. He can go in a circle. He got along with the children who auditioned last weekend, and so he's in it. I Isn't that great? That. I love My that. first dog auditioner. That is a great story. You know, and John Todd is here in the studio because he's John Todd, the radio guy. How about Kelly? Would Kelly make for a good actor in I this production? Could very much so. Very much so. I have an Australian shepherd, and she's very much a comedian. Well, come on so out. We'll have to bring her. So and she, she loves children. And she loves being around people, so she's happy to. Well, we should talk. But she might hurt everyone off the stage, though. That's true, too. Well, that's okay. And so, like the tornado (laughs) scene, we need someone (laughs) like that. Yeah. I love that. What gave you the the idea to, to. for this production because you know it's not something that you would consider every day but there's was there something that inspired you oh he's sharing his picture of kelly to Jean. well once again i i it was 2014 and yeah. i hate to pull the cliche out i was going through a lot of personal tragedy and then you try and make your art take you away from that but that's exactly what happened so in 2014 is when I began my work with uh, uniquely abled I was working with Lake Mary and they're like Jeannie can you teach comedy Mm -hmm. and I lied and said sure to special needs Mm -hmm. and then I worried about it and I walk in the room Maria and it's like well you just do it like you do everything else you just do it you know because they're actually smarter on the the side of the footlights than you know a a lot of what I would call peers Mm -hmm. um, because they're so grateful and at at that same time I started the rescue program with the dogs so then the more I use the dogs the more I saw a connection with the audience like I have Mm -hmm. noticed in the last couple of years people after the show they won't say Jeannie what a cute show they will tell me about dogs they have lost oh my goodness and how little so-and-so And my show reminded them so-and-so they lost. And I love that connection. So it's just inspired. It's just been inspirational because of the animals. So I do want to mention, uh, again, Martin City is on the road partnering with Inglewood Arts. Yes. Martin City is looking for cast members for their upcoming spring performances of The Wizard of Paws at the Inglewood Arts Center. That is located at 10901 East Winter Road. Now, this vaudeville-esque show will feature the Martin City Melodrama Senior Rescue Dog Troop. This original family musical has roles for everyone, professionals, uniquely abled, all ages, and community-minded performers. Right, and we're flexible on the rehearsal schedule. It opens April 14th. We're going to do it two weekends. And uh, it's, of course, at that brand-new, beautiful facility, so we're very excited. Then the Wizard of Paws rehearsals begin February 1st. The performances are April 14th, 15th, and 16th. And you can find more information at inglewoodarts.art. 
is that sounds good. that sounds good that yeah. sounds good yeah. or not or just call me and i'll get you straightened out yeah and what would be that number uh let's use 913-642-7576 you know as i mentioned since 1985 you've been producing right. these productions and all that do you ever just sort of go mm, i don't i'm i'm stumped what am i going to do next no, what has worn me out, quite honestly, is the moves. Because I've built five stages in yeah, the metro, yeah. just trying to find an affordable rent in place for our, our nonprofit. And so when I left Crown Center in 2016, I prayed, uh, as I do a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do instead? Mm -hmm. And there was yeah. no answer that came to me. Mm -hmm. The instead answer didn't come. It's just keep trying, keep looking. And then this beautiful little space in Grandview came where it does allow me to still tour to the schools and oh, good, and good. do what I, I, I do. And uh, I was old enough to cash in part of my IRA on the building. So that's my, that is not that I would ever retire, but that is my retirement. Sure. And, and could I mention Jim, the wonder dog Absolutely, that please. we're going to actually do at the melodrama theater in the spring. So I'll be doing sort of double duty. And that's based on a wonderful oh dog that lived from 1925 to 1937 there's a museum all dedicated to him in Marshall, Missouri. It's a true story, and he predicted the future. For example, he predicted the winner of the Kentucky Derby, Maria, seven times correctly. You know, I love that. I love that. That so, is a wonderful story. So maybe wow. when it gets closer to that, yeah. you'll have me back, and I can talk oh, about this amazing dog who allows people to believe in something they cannot see. Mm. That's a lot of faith there. MartinCityMelodrama.org is the website for more information. You can find out more about Jeannie and um, the organization and just a lot of different the things. The whole shebang. There. Yeah, the whole shebang. Yeah, I, I just love that. Incorporating dogs. and uh, It's just got to be a wonderful, again, family-oriented production, which all of your productions have been. I remember when, when I took my daughter out, you were our, at the... A restored church there right, in the first Martin place. City, yeah. yeah, and that was so much fun because you know it's really a lot of audience participation. You know, you you hissed for the bad guy, boo, mm -hmm. and you applaud for the the good guy, and, and all that. So much fun is built in your productions. Well, and that's such an important part of melodrama is that's what I tell my actors is the character you don't rehearse with until opening night mm -hmm. is the audience mm -hmm. because they are given lines and responses. Do they kind of drive some sometimes some of the the responses or some of the the emotions or or some of the action that takes place? I mean, I know there's a set, uh, you know, a script and all that, but are some things kind of driven by? Oh, they really like that, so I'm going to be even funnier. I'm going to be even more. Well, first of all, it is all set. It's all yeah. scripted out. Even though we start with a blank canvas, even yeah. though it's a blank stage or a blank piece of paper on the script, it's all. And then we add music. I play the piano, and it's all, and I've had other piano players, mm -hmm. too, brilliant, far more brilliant than me, and we score it like a movie would be scored. That's a lot For of the work. emotion wow. of the scene. But I have a two-joke try system. <laughs> so I try a joke two times with an audience, and if they don't get it, it's completely my fault. So I restructure it. Uh -huh. I take it out or I reshape it, and then the audience always, always, always teaches me something opening night mm. they will mm. respond in a way which is exactly what you're talking about to was something i didn't think of and i love that after 
300 plus shows wow. I've written and directed, they'll re- cheer or boo or laugh or, you know, groan. I love groaning. Um, <laughs> that uh, where I didn't even anticipate that would happen. And so I adore that because they educate me. You should never have the perfect show. Yeah. And that's what I tell my actors too. You n- because you don't strive then. If you always strive to have the perfect show, then you keep striving. You keep challenging yourself. I love that. I love that. Have you always grown up with a background in theater? I've got it. I'm one of those crazy theater nerds <laughs> in my blood. Always. Oh, my gosh. I love it. You know, and, and I think a lot of people that are in radio have some sort of performance background yes. i know john todd as a musician and mark manning as a theater major yes and, you know i had played violin in the theater and the stars Aww. back when when it was in loose park but wow you know, oh my gosh ago. long time ago but i uh, choreographed at loose park a long time oh ago gosh. as well yeah well you probably knew annette schuster then yes loved her oh she my was goodness. my my buddy yeah Loved, loved, loved her. Oh, I, my goodness. And then once we got booted out there, we were at other places. But then she was director in, yeah, she was director of the Kansas City Community Opera. Oh. And that's how I got involved in opera. I love opera. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, and see, her. melodrama is very similar to opera because yeah. it's very big. Yeah. Like, and I say living cartoon it because it is. <laughs> You're right. Very over You're the right. top. Living cartoon, I love that. And that is because historically, for your theater history moment, um, <laughs> it had to reach to the back of the house. And so it's very big, so that it would reach clear to the back. I love that. Jeannie Beachwood, I'm so glad that you're here with us you today. You were so kind to ask me. Thank you. Well, you, th- you know, you're going to be back. Thank you, know you sweetheart. So thank the you. door's always open. And thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you. And many, many, uh, I shouldn't say, I sh- I'll say break a leg. That's fine. That's that's so, a totally acceptable. There you go. Well, thanks so much for thank joining you, us today. You bet. Hey, I also want to thank Juan Perez and also Alexi Savro. For joining us today next week january 25th we're really almost out of january we've got lee smalter dave dalton and the harmony project they'll be here in studio with us so uh tune in for that stay tuned next for jeff harshberger jazz afternoon he's up from one to three three to six old g's hangout six to seven ebony's bones you don't need to go anywhere stick around stay with us on kkfi so thanks so much for listening and i just got to say now honey i'm coming home <laughs>